Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Aho for Shea. Shea scores! Brady Shea, first game back after missing the last few with a concussion. But that is a smart shot to the upper corner. And the Canes go up 1-0. Pesci jumping up now with a pass to Fogel. Forcing a turnover, Ajo to Teravine, and he scores! Welcome back, Tavo! The Canes go up 3-1! Tripper Domus, you did it again. <laughs> well, I always have to bet on my guy, TT. Playing star again, there I go. Turn the page. Kane's Corner Podcast with host Adam Gold, part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. Now here's the host of the Kane's Corner Podcast, Adam Gold. It's the Kane's Corner Podcast. Good evening to you. I am Adam Gold. The hurricane turned the page on the Detroit Red Wings tonight, getting even and getting ahead in the season series. Hurricanes did not lose the season series. To the Red Wings, they finish four, three, and one. Nine points. Detroit finishes, I believe, four and four. Right, eight points. All of Carolina's wins over the Red Wings in the season series came in regulation. Uh, this was a solid, unspectacular, just a, a workmanlike win against a shorthanded Red Wings team. No Dylan Larkin, no Adam Ernie, no Robbie Fabry. And obviously the Hurricanes are missing players too, although they did get Brady Shea back tonight. They're slowly trickling back. Uh, no Martinuk, no McGinn, no Faust, no Mrazek, James Reimer in goal. Uh, got a lot of things to do. Alec Campbell will join us in a little bit. We are brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, you can find it at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina on Hamlin Road in Durham. They have the best products, the best people, the best customer service. And again, if you need anything for the exterior of your home, home improvements, right? Uh, it is all at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. Find them online at AluminumCompany.com. As we start the podcast, as we start the recording of this, uh, we are watching Florida and Chicago in overtime. Uh, if the Blackhawks can muster the... Uh, the second point, the bonus point, a, a point they sorely need if they want to become part of this playoff race. If 
I mean, Chicago almost can't lose any more games. And remember, they're coming to PNC Arena Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday against Carolina. Uh, but if Chicago doesn't bust two points here tonight, they're pretty much mail it in. Uh, they're too far back. Uh, they got to get two points. Nashville and Dallas are both idle tonight. And uh, Florida just trying to uh, keep pace. If Florida doesn't get the, uh, the bonus point, uh, they will be three points behind Carolina, and the Hurricanes will have two games in hand. But we'll keep you up to date. Tampa was a winner over, I believe, Columbus tonight by the score of 3 nothing. Uh, just mentioned a solid, really not a special game offensively for Carolina. They, were not, they didn't execute really well, uh, but they got the goals when they needed to get them. Uh, and Brady Shea, first game back after missing a few with a concussion, he hits the score sheet. Thought he played very well. We'll tell you a little bit of a, a little bit of strategy by Rod Brindamore in this game in a few. Uh, but uh, Shea scores the first goal. Warren Fogle the second. Really a play made by Brett Pesci. Uh, I was t- talking to Alec in the second intermission on the uh, Hurricanes broadcast. Um, I guess Warren Fogle had gone seven in a row without a goal. And I think Vincent Trocek's goal drought is up to nine. Uh, I think it's well, eight. I think it's eight. I think uh, Natchez's drought is a ten. Um, but the one thing I think you can say about Fogel, if you've been watching, Warren's played really well. Just hasn't necessarily scored. He's not a big, never going to be a big goal scorer. I mean, I think over the course of an eighty-two game season, uh, Florida wins it in overtime. Somebody scored. Somebody in a in a Florida jersey scored. Uh, and uh, and there you go. So Florida and Kevin Lankin are not happy about it. Uh, Sam Bennett scored. Sam Bennett. I like Sam Bennett. Heck of a player. Uh, so Sam Bennett gets the goal, and Florida keeps pace with Carolina. They remain two back uh, with uh, Carolina having two games in hand. Um, Florida's only got four games left. They'll play Monday, then they won't play again until Saturday. They play uh, this Saturday, then they play Monday, then they don't play again until the following Saturday. So they have an entire week off. Uh, what are they going to do? I don't know. Uh, play golf, Parcheesi, back end, and I'm not sure. Um, what were we talking about? Oh, Fogel. I mean, for the course of an 82-game season, I mean, he'll have years occasionally where, uh, you know, he might, you know, touch 20 goals, but... He's never going to be a big goal scorer. He's going to be teens, uh, and that's fine. It's not what Warren Fogle really is paid to do. Uh, but Fogle, as a disruptor, as a four-checker, as, uh, if he maintains his defensive responsibility, Warren Fogle will play a long time in this league. When you're fast and you're big uh, and, you, and you have some finishing skill, you'll play a long time. Um, but uh, Fogle was in the right place. Brett Pesci makes the play with a pinch, uh, gets the puck to Fogle, tries once, Jonathan Bernier said no. Tried again. Jonathan Bernier couldn't answer. Uh, so that made it two nothing. Carolina's only mistake. A uh, I think I I think the turnover was probably Ajo's. Uh, Sebastian Ajo, his line at the blue line, kind of uh, did not have enough attention to detail to get the puck out of the zone before they started to play offense, and it cost them when Jacob Verana he came over in the uh, Anthony Mantha trade between the Red Wings and the Capitals. Uh, and Verona had a four-goal game last week, uh, and he had just a gorgeous, gorgeous goal. Just a nasty backhand top shelf over James Reimer. Uh, that made it 2-1. I thought Detroit's best work in this entire game were at the end of the first period and the end of the second period, uh, but that was really it. Uh, Carolina locked it down in the third. They 
collected the only goal and a Tavo Teravainen goal. Really, uh, pressure by the Ajo line in the offensive zone uh, to create the turnover. Uh, Teravainen and Svechnikov really double-teamed that. Gets the puck to Ajo, a little behind-the-back pass uh, to Teravainen, who, as he said, had no passing options. <laughs> so he had to shoot it. And uh, there was a pretty big uh, five-hole to go through. And I think Bernier didn't think uh, it was that big a gap. Uh, but it was pretty big. You saw it on TV if you watched it. And uh, Teravainen put it through. Bernier looked down like, how did I, how did I not stop that? Uh, probably not a good goal to allow, but uh, the opening was there. Tavo took it. Uh, first goal in probably th- almost three months. I mean, he hasn't played since February 19th. Well, played once. Played in March. Uh, one game. But he got hurt against Chicago at PNC Arena February 19th. And uh, it's been, again, it's been probably two and a half months since Tavo has scored. So, uh, good for him. Brady Shea and Tavo Teravainen, uh, both players who have returned last couple of games uh, from concussions. They get two of the three goals. Sebastian Ajo, a couple of assists. Uh, and I thought uh, Carolina was just very, very solid tonight. First period, kind of meh. Second period, good. Carolina's best period. Third, they just played lock-it-down defense. Uh, counterpunched a little bit. Uh, had the better of the chances, too. They only allowed five Detroit shot attempts in the third period. Think about that. The Red Wings down 2-1 in a game. I mean, they're not playing for anything. They've been eliminated. But you're still trying to win a game. So you're down a goal. Carolina allows just five shot attempts the entire third period. Uh, here's my strategy. By the way, can you hear the wind? Got a nice breeze going on uh, up here in uh, Oxford, USA. Um, Brenda Moore flipped his defensive pairings in the second period. First period, it was standard. Slavin and Hamilton, Shea and Pesci, Bean and Hockenpah. And then in the second period, I think Rod had decided that he was essentially going to spread it out tonight. And that's really what he did throughout the lineup. Max McCormick played the least uh, among the forwards just under 10 minutes. Uh, but uh, pretty much oh, only Jordan Stahl went over 20 minutes, and it's really the first time in like five or six games uh, that Stahl had gotten that up, got, gotten it, uh, the uh, TOI up that high. And uh, so he spread it out everywhere. Uh, and he flipped Shea and Bean, the left side uh, of the uh, two pairs, because Rod was just going to play everybody. He just rolled three defensive pairs. It's, I mean, it's Dean Chenout's, it's his job to, uh, to pair the defense, but that's what he did. And I think they made the, the, uh, the decision in the first intermission, like, you know what? Uh, we've been playing our top guys heavy, heavy minutes uh, so let's back off just a little bit. Detroit doesn't seem that dangerous tonight, and they really weren't. Uh, so let's just back off a little bit. I also think it shows a little confidence in Jake Bean, uh, who the last two games I think has played very well. Now, I, I, I am a realist with Jake Bean. He is an offensive guy, and uh, every, everything he's got to learn how to play defense at the NHL level. I think ultimately uh, Bean will either get stronger or he will get faster, or he will become a specialist. He's a really good skater, and he does great things with his stick in both area, both ends of the ice. 
but he gets bodied off the puck way too easily. So if Jake Bean isn't going to get stronger or isn't going to get faster, and those are probably the same thing, then he's ultimately going to be a power play specialist uh, and a guy who plays 15, 16 minutes a night, if that. Um, you, you, you just He's not really trustable at 21, 22 minutes a night against other teams' top lines, top offensive players. You're just not going to do that. Uh, so he's got some work to do, but... Uh, he has been. He was good in Dallas on Tuesday, and I thought he was very good tonight. So uh, good for uh, good for Jake Bean, and it was nice to see Rod Brindamore show some confidence in him. Speaking of confidence, remember when people wanted to trade? Well, we what are you going to do with three goalies? Here's what you do with three goalies: you have one if you need him. I mean, this is especially this year. It wasn't just injury. We knew Peter Morozik was coming back, right? Guess what? Lower body, something a uh, little tweakage, and now you need another goaltender. Otherwise, you're just going to play the brakes off Alex Nedeljkovic, although I'm sure he wouldn't, wouldn't mind. Uh, so you go to James Reimer tonight. Reimer was very good, right? Pass is intercepted. Filpola batted out for Valeno. Valeno with speed coming in on Reimer. He snaps one, and Reimer with the answer with the arm and the blocker. Valeno looking for his first NHL point. Yeah, it was a great save by James. James had a bunch of good saves tonight. I thought James is very good. He didn't face a lot of shots. I mean, he could have been bored. I mean, he could have been knitting in the the goal at times, especially in the third period. Again, I mentioned it. Just five shot attempts for the Red Wings in the third period. Uh, So Reimer had to be alert. Reimer was very good. I thought he played the puck pretty well. Um, So good for James. My guess is uh, we'll see Alex Nedeljkovic against the Blue Jackets on Saturday. And then I think we'll get Peter Mrazek back in the net. And then I think you'll go Peter, Ned, Peter, uh, Peter, Ned. Just a guess. Peter, Ned, Peter, Peter, Ned. Or maybe they'll just rotate him. I don't know. I think you'll find out really how Rod is thinking about approaching the playoffs uh, by how he uses his goaltenders the last five games. Just my guess. I assume Peter will be back uh, by next week against the Blackhawks. Uh, But it's good to have James Reimer in net. And James was very good tonight. So good for James. He wins another one. He's going to end up with (laughs) the most wins for Carolina and then uh, be a healthy extra for for the playoff, for the entire playoff run. Although, you could certainly see James backing up in playoff games, because why not? Uh, but that, that's basically it. Carolina was good. They didn't have to be great tonight. Uh, uh, but they were uh, just a very, very solid, solid team. Let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about the two guys uh, coming back from concussion. I think we, we loved Teravainen's first period in Dallas on Tuesday. He was very good. I thought Tavo was uh, actually really, really solid and smart. He looked so much like himself today. Kind of shifty, sneaky, defensively sound, all of that. We know it. Right? But Tavo just does little subtle things on the ice that make you go, yeah, that's where, you, that's where you're supposed to be. That's the way you're supposed to do it. Um, he's just a very, very smart player. 
I don't know, uh, when Rod was asked after the game tonight about Tavo not being a practice player, Rod was fighting back the smile. Um, you know, Tavo practices because he has to. <laughs> not because he wants to, but because he has to. There are guys who love practice. I know you're going to find this weird, but I used to come out to practice to watch Jeff Skinner. Skinner always had a great time at practice. Always. It's just, some guys just like it. I mean, as a kid, I liked batting practice. Not batting practice. I liked infield practice. I could take infield for five hours. Wouldn't care. And there are other people that hated it. I didn't. I couldn't skate. I didn't play hockey. Um, I just watched it. But Tavo's not really into the practice part. Uh, and Rod kind of laughs at it. Uh, but Tavo, is, he likes to play. And Tavo plays with a little bit of a flair. But he's also just so smart. Um, and I know it didn't look good in the first period for Carolina. Anybody, uh, they were okay. They weren't great, um, but they were much better in the second period. And then in the third period, I thought the uh, after the mistake that allowed Detroit a little life with that goal with two and a half minutes left in the first, uh, rather in the second, uh, I thought the Ajo Svechnikov Teravon in line was very good uh, in the third, and they force the turnover. Uh, you know. It's really Teravainen and Svechnikov doing the defensive work, uh, and then Aho with the pass, but it sounded pretty good. Good work by Teravainen, forcing a turnover. Aho to Teravainen, and he scores! Welcome back, Tavo! The Canes go up 3-1! to one. Tripper Domus, you yeah. did it again. <laughs> well, I always have to bet on my guy, TT. You should. You should bet on Tavo Teravainen. Uh, as, and if Tavo really gets going again, then I think you're going to see uh, that trickle down throughout the lineup. Uh, I don't know if they'll put Tavo back on the first power play unit because they don't necessarily need him there, uh, especially since I don't think you want to take uh, Jordan Stahl off that power play unit. The one thing I would say is that you don't really have a face-off guy on the second power play unit. So, because you have your three top centers all on the first one, Trocek, Stahl, and Ajo. So, I can see uh, maybe putting uh, Tavo on the top unit and dropping Trocek to the second one. Uh, but I also think that uh, Brenda Moore likes having both Trocek and Stahl out there. Uh, but I don't think you're taking Jordan Stahl off the power play. He's been too good on the power play. Uh, so is Trocek. So... Uh, I don't know how they're going to do it, but right now they don't really have a center. Uh, I mean, they have people who have played center. Natchez and Teravine and have both played center. But they don't really have a face-off guy uh, on the second power play unit. Uh, but we only saw, uh, I mean, we saw three power plays, but uh, the top unit was out for almost all of it. Uh, <laughs> the first time they were out there for all of it, uh, and the first 45 seconds or so of it were kind of meh. Uh, and then they got some chances, but nothing, you know, crazy. Second one was, I thought, pretty good. Uh, third one was late and, well, I mean, they were trying to score. It was probably their best power play, to be honest. But, I mean, the game was over. They were just uh, kind of uh, playing out the string there. But uh, they were trying to score. Uh, and they had, a, a, you know, a handful of good chances. Uh, so uh, so good for Carolina. It's good to see Tavro Teravine come back. Brady Shea talked about his concussion. He said it took him a couple of days. It was mostly in the eyes. Uh, I said it took him a couple of days. Started feeling much better. Uh, and then it was just about waiting till he's 100%. Uh, well, Brady Shea looked pretty good tonight. Threw his body around a little bit, which was nice. 
and uh, hopefully going forward, he and Pesci and Slavin and Hamilton will be ready to play minutes in the uh, in the twenties. Because ultimately, I think Carolina is going to lean on their top four defensemen the rest of the way. Now, regular season notwithstanding, uh, once we get into the playoffs, it's going to be those four guys. Uh, you'll see Slavin and Pesci for sure around 25 minutes a game. For sure around 25 a game. Uh, Hamilton will be, uh, depending on how much power play time there is, uh, Hamilton will be in the low 20s. Uh, Shea, depending on how much shorthanded time he's asked to uh, kill off, again, also probably low 20s. Uh, but I'll, I'm pretty sure that Rod Brindamore is going to want to keep Hawk and Paw and Bean uh, to uh, oh, sub-15 per game. And depending on uh, opponent and situation, uh, might even be around 12 a game. Uh, but it's going to be a lot of those guys, which is why I think for the rest of the season, you're going to see, as long as Carolina is in good shape in the game, I think you're going to see Rod spread it out. We'll take a short break. We'll come back. Alec Campbell, join us on the other side. Uh, Kane's Corner Podcast is available wherever you get your podcast. All you got to do is follow the Kane's Corner Podcast. Give us some suggestions. How about a rating? That will certainly tell us what you think of it. Uh, and uh, a review if you want. It's all good. We have fun, we play music, and we talk about the Hurricanes. What more do you want? Alec Campbell next. Alec Campbell, my man, Stormwatch Aftermath. Mad at the Panthers. Do you want to talk NFL draft, or you want to talk about the Canes yeah, and the like, Red Wings? Um, and I meant to, I meant to <laughs> congratulate Trip Tracy on the Aftermath. For his his lions, his beloved lions, right, stealing, yeah, the Panthers pick in Penne Sewell, and congrats to them for making a competent pick for <laughs> once in their life. Like I can't imagine what Detroit radio—they're not even going to know what to do with themselves tomorrow on Sports Talk Radio. <laughs> they don't—they don't have anything to complain about. They huh. made a boring but competent and great pick yeah. in the best offensive tackle in the draft. And it came right before the Panthers. And you know what? I, the thing that I'm most mad about is that I'm mad that this makes me mad. Like, because I don't even give a damn about football. And I really wanted an offensive tackle. Right. I'm not a fan of defensive backs in the sense that I just don't. I, I you know, I, I, I don't like to diminish. You know, I, they're great athletes. They have a place on the field, obviously. But in terms of the overall impact, and maybe there's more today because we they throw the ball a lot more. But when I think of the most impactful players on a football field, they're not the defensive backs, generally speaking. Unless you so, have a stud. In, in which case... Unless you have a stud. Right. But there are so few of those that it's just... I feel like you can find good ones later on in the draft. You don't need to draft one. I mean, I'm surprised this dude went before Sertan. I thought Sertan was the best defensive back in the league in the in the draft. Did like I have no idea um, who got drafted where, other than uh, I I'm assuming Trevor Lawrence went number one. That was my prediction all along. Did he go number one? Yes, he yeah. did. So I was right. I was right about that. That Trevor Lawrence would be the first pick in the draft. I have no idea who was drafted after that until I saw the Panthers. I saw the Lions, and I saw a quote from Dan Campbell that as soon as Miami passed on him, uh, they were like, "All right, we're taking Sewell. Bye. Let's let's get the card in." 
Uh, I don't know if they waited or not just to use 10 minutes because TV. Uh, but when uh, when that happened, uh, you know, I saw the Panthers uh, took J.C. Horn, the son of Joe Horn. I, yes. d- does does J.C. Horn have a cell phone stashed anywhere? Maybe. I, I hope so. so. I do, man. It was one yeah. of my favorite uh, touchdown celebrations of all time. I mean, I think I hit my draft prop, though, with the first three going. It was uh, Lawrence, no, it was... Wilson, and Lance, wasn't it? Yeah, didn't you have Fields? Oh, yeah, I did. I had Fields. You're right. I had Fields. So I'm hey, sure somebody good... will get uh, get those two mixed up anyway. Great job by the Bears, too. I love that. Although, they might be – it might have been the most Bears thing ever because people were posting this online when they signed Andy Dalton – and they tweeted out a picture of him with QB1 right. with it. <laughs> and then they go and draft. And remember, it was like a, like a story that they told Andy Dalton that he was going to be the starter. Just like Mike Lennon. And then they drafted yeah. Mitch Trubisky and traded up. How did that turn out? <laughs> yeah. How did that turn out? <laughs> yes. I love it. So, like, in, in all the Bears, like, sort of did something good, but then they also did something really Bears. They did which something is awesome. Bears. Yeah. It was a perfect yeah. night for the Chicago Bears. All right. Let's talk. It was. Let's, let's the talk Bears about The Bears may never get a good quarterback. I don't <laughs> know. I, I, don't know if, I don't know if Justin Fields is good or not. Now he's going to suck. But now we know. We know yeah, he's going to suck yeah. just like Zach Wilson's going to suck because he's with the Jets. Uh, all right. Let's, uh, let's talk about this game. If I called it solid unspectacular, but they got a win, and they played okay. They didn't play badly. They didn't play great. They played okay. Really good defensively in the third period. Do you, Is that accurate to you? Um, I thought they were better than that, okay. personally. I, I thought they were pretty good. I mean, maybe this is relative to the fact that Detroit really didn't provide any pushback. You know, how many times, Adam, have we talked about that most nights you're going to get a push from the other team? It's very rare that you don't. Right. Tonight was that rare moment. <laughs> Detroit Detroit had nothing for Carolina. So maybe – I will say, though, I will say to your point that because Detroit didn't have anything for Carolina, that they probably should have won by a couple or more goals. Um, but you know, Carolina was stifling defensively, yeah. and minus minus a couple of gaffes late in the first period, and obviously the turnover in the second period that turned into a goal. I mean, Carolina had the puck most of the time, and they had it in the offensive zone. They just couldn't they couldn't get anything to go, especially in the first period. Like I liked their first period a lot. I thought they were pretty good in the first period. They didn't end up with the most shots on goal in that period, which is remarkable. But I think a lot of that was because, like, you know, they were finding guys on on some tough passes that that didn't get received and thus didn't result in any, you know, shots or scoring chances. But I liked a lot of what I saw from them in the first period. Then the second period, I thought it was more of the same, except they scored and their defense was a lot better. And then the third period was basically the same as that. So I actually thought they were really good tonight. But I also acknowledged that Detroit – wasn't very good, but maybe that's a product of Carolina being really good. Well, I mean, Detroit was also Detroit's. Okay. Detroit's out of the playoffs. They're missing, you know, six or whatever it is like six, seven big time players for them. 
So, you know, they're done. They're cooked. They're Thanksgiving turkey right now. They might as well <laughs> not play the rest of the season. Um, no Dylan Larkin tonight. Yeah. Uh, no Adam Ernie. Uh, Hurricane no Killer. Uh, yeah. No Nielsen, no Robbie Fabry. So nope. they no Bertuzzi, who's been out all yeah, year. Yeah, Bertuzzi, we we haven't seen really all year. No Anthony Mantha. Uh, mm-hmm. Of course, Anthony Mantha plays for a different team now. Uh, we did see a really good, a great goal from Jacob Vrana. Uh, that yes, was just good. that was an incredible play. Uh, turnover by the Ajo line at the blue line. I think it was Ajo's turnover. I'm not 100 yes. percent sure. Well, uh, Brett Brett Pesci tried to throw him a pass, and it wasn't it wasn't really a I'm not saying it, it, it was a tough handle, right? The pass, like it was on target, but it wasn't really, it wasn't really handleable, if that makes sense. Like it was, it was tough, but um, yeah, it was Ajo. Yeah, but I actually thought that line was very good tonight. Um, I yes, my the, I think the reason I just didn't think Carolina. I thought the first period was just kind of plotting. Um, I didn't. I I thought the second period was their best period. I thought mm-hmm. the third period, Carolina was out here to play defense because they just figured, as long as we don't screw this up, uh, Detroit ain't going to do a thing. Uh, and Carolina, the only Detroit only had five shot attempts in the third period. Right. I don't know how you enter Three. a period down down a goal and only have five shot attempts in the entire yeah. period. Three on goal. Uh, and actually, two of those shot attempts came late uh, with the uh, with the extra attacker. So the first fourteen and a half minutes, they only mustered three shot attempts the entire period. Uh, so Carolina yeah. was great defensively, and I thought they were mm-hmm. good defensively all night. Yeah, oh, I agree with that. Three shots on goal in the third period. Carolina <laughs> gave up nine shots on goal in the final two periods yeah. total. Yeah, they. Were, um, I thought Carolina one of them was, was a goal. Best. <laughs> right, one of them was the goal, uh, which was uh, uh, either Pesci or Ajo got the assist. Uh, speaking of Pesci, um, and I thought, Carolyn, have you noticed that over the last, let's just say, two weeks, Carolina's blue line has suddenly become way more offensive than they were the first, um, you know, two months of the season? Yeah, I think I've noticed that a little bit now that you say it. I loved the play from Shea, just to hesitate a tad, drag it with the toe, and get a shot that he knew was going to get to the net. But I think Pesci's been a lot more offensive. Yeah. I mean, Slavin scored a goal recently. Dougie's always obvious, always, you know, offensive. So And Yanni yeah, Hockenpah has two goals. Hockenpah has been, I think, pretty good. And not just for his, like, big body and willingness to get physical. Like, he threw a pass to Ajo tonight. That was great. Yeah. I think it was in the first period. Up the middle. Where, yeah, and he, I mean, he, he's he got, I, I, I mean, we haven't seen a ton of him, obviously, but I've seen more from him than just, like, a big physical body and a long stick. So, I don't know, maybe maybe he's uh maybe he's a late bloomer. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe uh maybe it just takes him a while to uncoil at 65 yeah. 215 pounds. Um he did get walked. Who uh who walked him today? 
uh, gosh, forget it. Was it Villano? Villano who went around him? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Oh, that was... first period. <laughs> uh, but that was actually a good save by Reimer. Yeah. I thought James was good, really good tonight. Remember when people were talking about trading a goaltender? Because what are you going to do with three? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Peter's Peter's no. been out a week and a half. Uh, we needed another start from James Reimer. Played very well. He's going to end up leading the team in wins. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's 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 been very fortunate to have all three guys around. So Yeah, especially uh, all three they guys playing well. Yeah. Um let's see. Let's see a couple of other uh, other things. We got Brady Shea back tonight. Uh I thought it was interesting to me and I think Rod made this switch maybe after watching Detroit in the first period. Uh I think he decided then that you know what? I'm not going to play Slavin, Pesci, Hamilton 24 minutes tonight. Um, we're going to, you know, Shea's just first game back. I'm going to spread everybody out. Uh, and I think he did it even with his uh, with his forward group uh, because really everybody played a decent amount. Uh, and the gaps, I think Hockenpah played over 16. I think Hamilton ended up because he was basically on the ice for the entire power play all three times. Um, I think Hamilton played the most on defense at like a little bit more than 22 minutes. Uh, but Slavin and Pesci were right around 20, maybe just under. Uh, it was uh, it was an unusual night to see the, uh, the minutes, especially on the blue line, really kind of condensed. Uh, that it wasn't, uh, it wasn't three guys playing a bunch of minutes. I kind of like that. Well, I mean, you know, in a what I thought was a low stress game, yeah, against a team that is, you know, at the bottom of the division and has a bunch of injured guys. I think this is a good way of managing all the minutes for people because that's been one of the things that Rod has talked about in terms of trying to balance you know, keeping guys healthy, but also trying to win games and get to the, um, you know, get that first spot in the division. So, uh, you know, it's smart, if you ask me, to just kind of divvy them up fairly evenly. Um, You know, so, you know, Jake Bean probably, you know, he he needs to play. (laughs) Oh, Bean was good Um, tonight. So, yeah, I mean... Good, good, smart coaching from Rod in his 200th game. <laughs> All right, so I mean, it was it was a low event game. Carolina put did put uh, a bunch of shots on goal, but I think Detroit blocked a ton of shots. Uh, Detroit only attempted 28 shots all game long. Uh, forget about the shots on goal; they just didn't wind up a lot. <laughs> uh, they did. They, there just was not a lot of action uh, for anybody, whether it was defenseman or uh, or Reimer. Um, so Detroit's done. Columbus is on Saturday. So big picture this for me. Where, where do you think this team is? And what are you looking for over the last six games? And they have a three, a two point lead. Florida won in overtime beating Chicago. Mm-hmm. Chicago scored late with like 13 seconds left or so, uh, to tie the game and force overtime. Uh, but then Florida won at Sam Bennett uh, with the game winner in OT. Uh, Tampa beat Dallas 3 nothing, so it's 73-71-70 uh, 
uh, and Carolina and Tampa are each each have two games in hand on Florida. I think ultimately uh, Florida is going to end up finishing third. Uh, remember, Florida and Tampa play twice in Florida, by the way, uh, rest of the way. But uh, where do where, you're just your thoughts on where this team is right now? I, I mean, I feel pretty good about where they are. I mean, I don't I don't really know how you can feel otherwise. I mean, and this last few games, I mean, are going to be kind of a weird litmus test because they're not playing the best teams in the league. So maybe there's going to be some fear that, you know, you go into the playoffs having only played these sort of bottom tier division teams. But the way the Canes played the top tier division teams was really good. And that's the part that I kind of base everything by. So I, there, there aren't many things that I'm that worried about. I'd kind of like to see Vincent Trocek and Martin Natchez get back in the goal scoring columns in the last few games. Um, but I mean, I don't feel like they're not a perfect team, obviously, but I don't expect them to get there. But I mean, I don't know. I, I, they're, they're a good team. I thought they were a good team all year long. Um, they've beaten a lot of good teams, I think. And so I don't, I don't really, I don't know that I could feel much better about a team going into the playoffs than I do right now. Yeah, I think um, I think what you said about Trocek and Natchez seems like uh, Mar- Marty's game is kind of uh, ebbed a little bit. Is it is it mm-hmm. the ebb is back? Flow is mm-hmm. is good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we're at a little bit of an ebb period. Um, mm-hmm. I think Trocek's played fine. He just, I mean, he had a great opportunity to score tonight. I mean, that was the best save of the night by Bernier. You know yeah. that uh, that I forget who made the pass. Uh, actually, it might have been Natchez, to be honest. Um, it's a phenomenal pass, and Trocek got didn't get all of it, but he got enough of it, uh, and just a great save. And then it went off the bar. Um, so it would be yeah. nice to see him uh, see him score in Carolina if you're going to advance in the playoffs. And honestly, we're talking about if you're going to beat Tampa, uh, you have right. to get goal scoring from places other than Aho, Teravainen, and Svechnikov. That line. Um, of course, Rod could just mix everything up again, uh, which I wouldn't be surprised on the road if Rod did that. Uh, but you know, they yeah, I mean, they, they do need uh, Trocheck and Natchez to start scoring goals again. They do, but you know, it's everyone can't score every night, and Why so not? I when I when I look at it and I think, okay, well, these two guys haven't been scoring then where have other goals come from? And I think we've seen that. I mean, Martinook scored a couple of goals on the road trip. One of them was an empty netter. You know, we saw Geeky and McCormick get a couple of goals. Yeah, they uh, held McCormick uh, off, the, off the score sheet tonight. So, so, like, I guess my point is just, you know, if you're not getting it from some places, then are you getting it elsewhere? And Well, they have been, they've worried, been getting it from the blue line lately. Yeah that and you know Fogel scores tonight mm-hmm. so I, I I worry about it more if you start to get into a losing streak than I do when they're playing well because as long as you're making up for it somewhere else and you're getting wins then you know I'm not all that worried about it I think as you mentioned like Trocek's I think I don't I don't look at his game and think that he has played poorly 
Um, so I'm not, I'm not necessarily worried. It's now, I think eight games without a goal for him. And I think 10 for nature. Yeah. So, I mean, yes, I want those guys to score goals. When I look for, when I look for things that aren't happening, those two things stand out to me. But in terms of the implications on the entire season at the moment, um, I, I'm not moved by those at the moment. So, um, you know, and the other thing I think about too, is just getting Martinook back, getting McGinn back, mm-hmm. getting Fost back and being whole again. Who comes um, out of when, the lineup when all three of those guys come back? I mean, my thought is the, the fourth line comes out. The one that was there tonight. So I think Lorenz, I think, Geeky, McCormick, well, McCormick will be the first guy out. Um, and yeah, then I mean, Geeky all, and then Lorenz? Lorenz will be the last guy if we're ranking them, but I think they're all going to come back uh, or they're all going to come out. They're, none, they're not going to be in the lineup when those three other guys are there. I mean, I Brock McGinn can play up and down the lineup. He's their best penalty killer. Mm. He's one of their toughest, more physically minded guys. Yep. Um, they still they still can use that. Jordan Martinook is a good penalty killer as well, and he's a leader and a captain. Absolutely. So he, he's he's going to play, and you know you're the captain of the Jesper Foss <laughs> fan club. So oh yeah, he's playing. He's going to play. So I bet he I, plays I Saturday. By the way. I, and, you know, I'd also like to see Paquette play center again. Mm-hmm. I've been adamant about this. I want to get the lines constructed as they were meant to be constructed. And that means for me that you may get a Paquette, McGinn, Martinook line on the fourth line. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's a good fourth line. Yeah, it's going to provide so, a ton of energy. That's for sure. Yeah. So that's what. That's what I think should happen. That's what I think will happen. And Tripp made the point on the on the uh, on the aftermath tonight that Rod's mentality is that the incumbent gets first crack. So those guys, I think, will get a chance to prove themselves. Do I think we'll see Lorenz in the playoffs? Probably. I mean, depending on how far they go, yeah. I bet we'll see him once or twice. Um. I don't know that I don't know that I'd go further than that if I was Rod. I don't know that I'd go I'd go to Geeky unless, you know, a couple guys get hurt. But I, I think the uh, the only place that I may disagree is I think Steven Lorenz has been so impressive that mm-hmm. I could see Lorenz getting the nod over Puckett. Um hmm. But that's the only place, and uh, I am certainly not going to go, Rod, what are you doing if Paquette's right. the guy? Um, I think Paquette yeah. br- gives you that physicality. His name is on his the, the cup from a year ago. Um, yeah. Lorenz is just a much faster skater. Yeah. And it's dramatic how fast, how much faster he is than Paquette. But and he plays a physical game, but Paquette is just a different type of physical. Um, 
And so, I, I mean, I, again, I'm not saying that Lorenz is better. Uh, well, I think he's better. I don't know that he's better for what they want him to do, for what they want that position to do. Uh, so you're probably right, but I can close my eyes and see Steven Lorenz getting a start uh, and, you know, getting a couple of games early in the playoffs uh, and then let him just see how it goes. He is He has been impressive to me on pucks, like behind the net, in the corners. He's got a long reach. Uh, he has been very disruptive on a forecheck. Um, but, again, Paquette brings a level of physicality that Lorenz uh, is not ready to bring. And uh, if that matters, and I think it does matter in the postseason, uh, then you might see uh, see, uh, see Paquette. I like Lorenz, and I like his interviews. We should interview him after every game. Whether he plays or not. Someone should. Yeah, whether he <laughs> plays or not, he should be the spokesman. <laughs> But um, see if we can get that I, to happen. Yeah, I bet they'll I mean, do once that. Once we can, once we can go back in the room, if he's still around, I mean, I'm going to talk to that guy once a week. So uh, we'll do this against Columbus. Talk about a team mailing it in. Uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, they but they still have Seth Jones. Uh, Patrick Lyonet might show up to play because Carolina has a bunch of guys from Finland. So uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens on Saturday. My guess is we'll see Alex Ndelkovich. And then by Monday of next week, when Chicago moves in, uh, when they're going to be here all week, basically, uh, that's when I think we'll start seeing Peter Morazic back in the lineup. But uh, we'll, I'm sure we'll have Ned on Saturday, and we'll see if somebody else draws back in as they are trickling back into the lineup. It's very exciting. My guess is Jesper Faust will play. Um, so, uh, I'm out, I'm out of stuff. So am I, I'm done. I'm, uh, I'm just going to keep, uh, looking at who was drafted behind the Panthers. <laughs> uh, don't sweat it. J- you know, JC Horn's going to be a star, an Dude, absolute you have, star. You better have eight picks next year. <laughs> five of them, five of them, uh, four of them for touchdowns, four pick sixes. Eight total picks. Hey, just just go put your head on a pillow thinking about Tavo Teravainen's two point night. Oh, I love Tavo Teravainen. Who doesn't? What He's a guy! Cute and cuddly. He is. <laughs> he is. I loved his pre. Did you hear any of his pregame today? No. I loved how Tavo. He was annoyed by people asking him how he was doing. <laughs> he said he said that people were like really nice almost too nice and they kept asking him how he was doing and when he would be ready and he was it got kind of annoying just leave him alone and let him play yeah (laughs) so you guys badgered him into playing (laughs) good i'm glad he's playing Uh, i think everybody's happier that he's back and that line looked pretty good tonight so uh but good for uh good for tavo good for brady shea good for warren fogel uh sebastian ah with the two-point night uh, Brett Pesci made the play on the Fogel goal to keep it in the zone and get it to Fogel at the side of the net. Uh, and then Warren did what Warren's supposed to do, force the puck through the goaltender. That's right. Don't be Shove fancy. Shove it in there. Just exactly. Shove it right. in as deep as you can. Shove it in. That's what Warren Fogel right. should do. Uh, there should be T-shirts for with Warren Fogel. Shove it in. Um, mm-hmm. With that said, uh, I'll see you later. 
See ya. I'm not really sure why we talked that long, but it's okay. We did. Uh, Hurricanes. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe Alec and I. We usually see the same game. I think we saw a different game tonight. Um, I was not overly uh, enthralled. I didn't like the first period, but I loved the second period. Third period was uh, all right. They're not coming. We're we're just going to do enough. Just going to do enough. I did love the uh, the the play that made the third goal. Uh, with all of that said, uh, Hurricanes now with 73 points. I know, yes, the Hurricanes have the most points in the league. Vegas has the best record. Uh, Vegas is just, what, one point back of Carolina, but Vegas has two games or three games, additional games to play than Carolina. So we'll see. Uh, look, if Carolina finishes first overall, that's great. Uh, but if you win, if you escape the Central Division... Do you know what your reward is? The East. I'd rather play Toronto than anybody that comes out of the East. Any day of the week, give me the Maple Leafs over uh, whoever emerges from the East. And I get the sneaky feeling that we're going to see Boston. The sneaky feeling that we're going to see Boston come out of the East. Uh, Boston was a, was a winner over Buffalo tonight. The uh, Islanders shut out the Rangers. Uh, Pittsburgh was an overtime winner in Washington. That's a big game. That's a big win for uh, for Pittsburgh. They're uh, they're tied with Washington. Washington has a game in hand, uh, but that division is going to go right down to the last couple of games. I mean, it's going to be wild. Uh, we knew going in the East was the best division. There are too many good teams in the East. Uh, but the Rangers had to win tonight. I think the Islanders basically clinched their spot. They have their magic number is four, um, but they're pretty close to wrapping it up. Uh, I think that if the Rangers want to be in the playoffs, they probably have to win the rest of them, uh, and they will play the Islanders on Saturday one more time. They'll, that game will be on Long Island, though. So, uh, with that said, Canes lead Florida by two, Tampa by three. And Carolina's got two games in hand on the Panthers. Next game for Carolina will be Saturday against the Columbus Blue Jackets. I am Adam Gold. The Canes Corner Podcast is brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, you can find it at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina on Hamlin Road in Durham. There is no place like it. And uh, the people are great. And the products are amazing. Again, home improvements. Biggest investment you've got is your home. Trust it to the Aluminum Company of North Carolina, aluminumcompany.com. Canes, Blue Jackets, Saturday. Talk to you then. You've been listening to the Canes Corner Podcast with Adam Gold. Don't forget there are many ways you can listen to this podcast, including streaming at WRALsportsfan.com, the WRAL Sports Fan app. And you can also subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, and TuneIn. Thanks again for listening to the Canes Corner Podcast. Are you unhappy with your CPAP provider? Did you know you can easily switch providers right now? I'm Megan Giggling, General Manager of Parkway Sleep Health Centers. We are North Carolina's number one source for CPAP machines and supplies. Contact us today. We ship anywhere in North Carolina. If you're in need of a CPAP machine, supplies, a knowledgeable doctor, or a sleep study, Parkway has you covered. For information or to schedule an appointment, visit parkwaysleep.com. Sound sleep, sound health. 